0: Hi there my friends and welcome to the Brent Poland Podcast with me, Brent, where I get to have a discussion, debate, internal thoughts about the human condition, meaning of life, the past, the present and the future and generally whatever takes my fancy. Friends, and welcome to the Brent Poland podcast with me, Brent. So, tonight I'm going to just before it's May 6 elections, and it's just before the last ever episode, possibly, of Line of Duty. It's the last in the series. And uh, it wouldn't come as a surprise to you to probably know that uh, it's filmed in Belfast, and I know the area quite well. It's quite interesting when you always see uh, some of the areas where I was at university and where there were doubling over as somewhere in the middle as of England, when you're thinking, that's not, there's a big city hospital in the background, and of course, our Ted Hastings, or Adrian Dunbar, comes out with some cracking um, <laughs> vernaculars. and uh, so I'm just going to have to do this, I've been itching all week to get my hands on the, the microphone to actually deliver these lines, and uh, so these lines are, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, and the wee donkey. And we just move this thing along before it drives us all round the bend. Now, where I come from, actually, we don't say the wee donkey. I think that's a real uh, kicker there. But we actually say, sweet Mary and sweet Joseph. Um, so it's all different variations of it. Now, we'll probably have found out who H is. Um, the country seems to be gripped with it. Interestingly, the country seems to be gripped with less drama. What's going on in the drama that is called 10 Downing Street. We have wallpaper. We have... Um, Baby uh, fees. We've got the uh, the affair he's had with uh, his American mistress of four years. who seems to have got taxpayers' money, and it seems to be the return of Tory sleeves. The interesting thing is, is the return of Tory sleeves. Is back in the day, it used to be like you know a guy in a Chelsea shirt <laughs> having an affair with some you know uh, exotic dancer. These days, it's just ah, they've just gone for broke. It's you know SE ten. <laughs> We need SC10 to go into 10 Downing Street. Right <laughs> longer than half. I mean, and it's interesting that the popularity of the Prime Minister does not seem to be affected by it because, as I was remarking to to some of my colleagues, is that, you know, he is honest in his dishonesty. He is true to himself. He's He's, uh, he's been honest about the fact that he's not honest and therefore he's not trying too hard. I mean, it's an interesting thing to think about his popularity. And, and many another person would be finished by now. It's quite infuriating, actually, when you think about the double standards. But I suppose that's the problem with, with the system. So talking of the system, um, I'm standing for election as a county councillor. Um, I'm up against uh, a councillor who's been a councillor since Noah's Ark, uh, since 1967, <laughs> and a very experienced councillor, parish councillor, borough councillor, county councillor, a uh, bit of a local... Um, institution, barce and you know turns up for meetings, and uh, that's that. You know, it's not as if we find out what's going on in the area. It's a very t- safe Tory seat, uh, seemingly, and uh, I'm trying to pull off uh, a political impossibility. But then, here's the other side of that coin: the county council elections have a 35% turnout, and he gets his, he gets his 35%. He gets the individuals who turn up all the time at elections for him, and. And it's tough to break inroads into that with this first-past-the-post system. And, you know, people vote for him, and he knows people, he's connected to people who grew up in the the village, a decent guy, I've I've worked with him on numerous occasions. But I've got serious fundamental issues about the communication between a lot of our councillors who don't believe the public have a right to know, and seem to be guardians of information. So one example of that would be Greenbelt. And I've got a serious issue about this that I'm going to go to the press about because my rival is a parish councillor, a borough councillor, and a county councillor. So he sits on a lot of crossroads. He's conservative, and therefore, you know, he's part of the ruling party in parish, conservative, borough, conservative, county, conservative, country, conservative. So when they come along and say that um, the conservative government with Jenrick wants to build in the Greenbelt, Our local borough councillor has voted to build on the green belt, except that he is pushing for the green belt that's going to be used. It's going to be the working class green belt. Oh yes, it's not going to be the green belt in the area that I live, actually. It's going to be in the area that um, the two towns, the two not-so-affluent, socially mobile, not culturally capital, savvy, middle-class towns. No, it's actually going into the areas where the people who are less likely to object and that is the stink of it. Now, my labour counterparts, well, you see, they would play a different game. They would put the housing in a different part of the green belt. Yes, welcome to boys and girls. We have green belt football. Yay! Welcome. We have green belt football. That's correct. The red team will kick the green belt into the blue corner. And the blue team will kick the green belt into the red corner. And the green team are on the sidelines going. Why are we doing this? Because we have 1,800 houses that are vacant at the moment that could be brought back to life. 347 commercial properties that could be brought back to life. Why are the two political parties playing political football over Greenbelt? And to cap it all off gets hilarious. My counterpart, who wants to be again elected as county councillor, has produced a leaflet saying he will protect our Greenbelt. The same gentleman who voted recently in a borough, (laughs) strategic core plan, to build on said greenbelt. But not his greenbelt. Not yet. And that is what you're up against. You're up against this system that it has based upon stereotype and precedent. A bit like the Prime Minister. He's expected to be sleazy. He's Boris. Conservatives? Eh, well, you know, this is what they do. And this is the problem you're up against. You're up against this democratic deficit of, you know, I'm trying to break into this system. And what am I? Well, I'm a green. What does that make me? Do-gooder, tree-hugger, idealistic guy, not living in the real world. I might as well get my John Lennon glasses on, grow my hair long, and do my best Greta Thunberg. Because it's very hard to change the stereotype. Now, I'm in it for the social justice. I am an environmentalist. But I'm as much about the social justice, I'm as much about the equality, I'm as much about the rights, I'm as much about uh, the whole community, the whole community, not one group of people over the other. And that is the problem. We have tribalism. We have them and us, and one side's winning, the other side's losing. And as a result, no wonder the turnout is 65%. Because these are some of my observations of what I found on the doorstep when I Walked around and I've been well. I've been out the last couple of weeks, and uh, I must have delivered about a couple of thousand leaflets. Now, inadvertently, it does lead to conversations on the doorstep. I don't like door canvassing. It, it gives me back nightmares of when I arrived in England twenty years ago and I did door to door sales. Yep, I tried to change your gas electricity. That was one of one of the things I did early doors, um, and. I did that for about six months, actually. It was really a good education in the lie of the land in England. And uh, I always enjoyed it. I always enjoy talking to people because, you know, that's what I do, what I'm doing right now. Um, and being out and about and talking to people is brilliant for me as a social scientist because I just really enjoy people's company. I also enjoy people's company on their terms. So when I hand a leaflet off, I've seen a lot of people out in the garden, been weaving their gardens, they've been mowing their lawns, they've been keeping their... Their 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 gardens so pristine, especially this time of the year. And Of course, then I have conversations going, hey, your tulips are looking lovely. And I had a lovely conversation with the man whose tulip garden was just stunning, absolutely stunning. And I must have made his day because his face looked like like a Christmas tree when I said, wow, your tulips are looking awesome. He goes, we planted those 50 years ago together, my wife and I, just after we got married thought to myself wow he's been in this house 50 years but that tulip garden he's preserved that for 50 years and then I had a horrible thought I was somebody come along and builds high speed reels through the back of his garden and he sort of realized that people are very proud of where they come from they're very proud of their little environment and I said that to him I says, you're very proud of those tulips you're very proud of the environment oh yes very proud of my garden he says well what about the area you live in oh yes it's a beautiful area you want to keep it that way don't you and I sort of realized this is a person who I share a lot in common with and he, he let me know he was a conservative voter and he says, oh, okay, you're a conservative voter, why are you a conservative voter? Because I want to keep the area the way it is. And so I want to keep the area the way it is. I'm a conservative, I'm not a conservative conservative, but I want to conserve and the word conserve and conservation, that's what we, we greens are. We want to keep the best of our environment, we want to keep our environment pristine and it was a sort of shocking revelation to him that while we have that in common, because, of course, he wouldn't think he's got a lot in common with a lefty woke snowflake loving green. Ooh, you know what I mean? You know, almond milk, soya milk, you know what I mean? Because that's the problem. We, we come with all these labels, don't we? You know, I'm a green, therefore I'm a bunny loving, bean munching, you know, son of the earth who wants to change the world, you know. And, you know, I'm a Greta child. How dare you? How dare you? Come on. That's the problem. We're not like that. I'm not like that. I try my best to be as environmentally friendly as possible, but you know, I have my moments as well. And we live in the real world. Sometimes I forget to put the recycling in the correct place. And I'm not even gonna get started on what I saw recently about our recycling our or sea spires here, all that kind of stuff. We have a long way to go. Every one of us can always improve, and that's one of the things that really annoys me. Is like, you know, I've taken children. Trip of a lifetime to Africa to improve the lives of people who live there and the lives of our children. Now, I'm a terrible green because I've taken a flight in the last two years. Now, that's that's what was told to me once by somebody who accused of me of being not environmentally friendly. And I'm like, how do I do my job as a teacher and enrich the lives of working class kids in the East Midlands? And try and give them a life-changing experience, and also, how do I help people, or other people around the world, and get that cultural exchange without taking an airplane? It's not as if I can take Dumbo Airways, is it? It's not as if I can actually, you know, take the long boat to Swaziland because that's where it was. And that's the problem: is you kind of like people criticize me for the slightest thing, but yet the prime minister walks around as if he's practically Teflon coated. There's a different rule for one, a different rule for another. And I'm not saying for a second that I should not be held to a high standard. I want to be held to a high standard. I hold myself to a high standard. And yes, I pay for carbon offsetting when I go for a flight. And I don't feel good about that flight. But then I look at unbalance all the other positive things that I've done as a result of that. And that's the problem. It kind of, we pick on some people in society. There seems to be a rule for a one and a rule for another. And that's just not fair as well. But when you're the little guy, and by the way, I'm kind of short. I am 5'6", so I am the little guy. It seems that you you have to work twice as hard for acceptances, and the guys at the top table, well, you know, there's a different rule for them, and it's not fair. It just it's a very interesting situation that you have to work really hard, and I feel I have to work really hard as as a a young political candidate because you got to prove yourself to people. And the funny thing is, the more I talk to people on a doorstep, I talk to a very interesting lady who said, you know, I've voted Conservative all my life, you know, lived in the village all my life, I've known the, the Conservative councillor all my life, and, you know, you never change my vote. And after 10 minutes of a conversation, she honestly said, you know, if it was anybody else, I would consider voting for you. And I thought, well, that's okay. You know, you, you know, now I've talked to you, you seem like a nice young man. I said, well, I am. I'm a father, I'm a, I'm a husband, I'm a teacher. I am you know, I'm, yeah, I am an environmentalist. I am a Green Party candidate, but I'm also a human being. I've also got all those things that human beings have got. But what drives me is my my belief in a better world and what drives me is a belief that I can make a difference. And then she ended with, "Well, oh, you're never going to win. I thought, right, okay, thanks for that. So you just told me all those good things about me, but I'm never going to win. So why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? And I made me think, Why am I doing this? I don't like losing. I do want to win. And printed off thousands and thousands of leaflets, walked miles and miles over the last couple of weeks, in the vain hope, in humanity, in the vain hope that there are people out there who can recognize that and think, you know what, I'm going to give this a go. So I am hopeful ahead of Thursday's election, and if if I don't win, I don't win, I'm going again, and I go again. It's like Rocky Balboa, I'll keep going, I'll keep going, I'll keep going, I'll keep going, and the rest of my life, I never get elected, so... Nigel Farage never got elected. We can't say that he didn't make a change to the political system. You don't have to win an election to actually get somewhere. If you can influence people, if you can make them think, um, and that, that comes naturally to me as an educator and a teacher. You plant the seeds, you plant the ideas, and you let people think about it. I won't tell people how to vote. I'll give them the option. And that's what I'm doing. I'm giving them an option. I'm giving the, area, the people of my area an option to vote for someone like me or vote for more of the same. And the more times they vote for more of the same and they get the same... And the more times I say to them, you know what, there's an alternative choice. You could have done something different. But it's hard. It's hard to convince people of your intentions. I had one gentleman on the doorstep. He was like, "Um, well, you're all the same. I went, no, I'm not. He says, well, yeah, you're standing for election. You want to be a politician. I'm a teacher of 18 years. I'm not all the same. I want to do the right thing. Well, if somebody offered you money, would you take it? No, I wouldn't. His response then was, really? I went, no, I wouldn't take it. I had a principle I wouldn't take it. My, my conscience would kill me. I'd have to look at my children in the face. I'd have to know deep. I'd have to look at my parents in the face. And tell, tell you me, I wouldn't want to tell my mother that I'd taken a bung or a bribe. And that makes me think. What dad? Does he get on the phone standing and go, Look son, sort yourself out, will you? What are you doing? How many women is this now? How many children? How many relationships? Where's all the money going? to ask serious questions. If I was behaving the way he's behaving, I tell you now, my mother would give me a right toe up the backside. My dad would disown me. And that's the problem, isn't it? It's accountability. I would hold myself to account if I was in office. And if I got it wrong, I'd admit I got it wrong. I wouldn't be afraid to say I got it wrong. There's too much of this. There's not enough accountability. And the problem is, people are not holding our politicians to account. They hold a Thunberg to account and they hold some celebrities to account. I mean, they, they hold, you know, Marks and Spencers to account over a caterpillar cake. They hold football owners to account if they want to go off and do a dodgy little league. But it's funny that, isn't it? That we have a blind spot when it comes to certain individuals. And also, it's not really fair. They, their, own, their own families don't seem to want to hold them to account. To be perfectly honest with you, it's standards i know that as an educator i've got high standards for myself but the problem is trying to convince other people of that when when the system is rotten to the core and there's too many people philandering and people you know messing around it's very hard for you to convince people and go actually no i am legitimate i am a good guy i'm just in this because i want to make a difference i'm in this because i actually genuinely believe and you get these looks at people and i think you're crazy and i have to convince them of course i do come from a crazy place And then they sort of look at you and go, you can't make a difference, you can't win. And then I have to look at them and go, do you know that I grew up second class? Do you know I grew up in a war-torn area of the part of the UK that was never meant to be free and independent, that was never meant to have equality and social justice? And here I am, going off to university and able to what? Live the life I can live now. My parents would have never thought that we would have had a peace process like it in Northern Ireland. And this is the thing. Gandhi said the same. Dr. King said the same. You know, the world can change. People can change. Societies can change, and it can change for the better or it can change for the worse. And I've got a hope by my actions that I can maybe change society for the better. I can give people an out, a get out, a different, a different choice, and that's what it's about. It's about giving people a choice. And I do believe in people. I do believe in the honesty of people. I do believe in the integrity of the average person. That's that's why, you know, I don't get angry when people vote a certain way when. Well, Labor people are going. Why can people vote for conservatives? What's wrong with them? Instead of actually condemning people for their decisions, try and understand them. Why do people vote for Brexit? Okay, well let's look at why. Let's let's figure out why. What motivates people? What generates that anger towards them? Say, for instance, you know why is Keir Starmer unpopular? If Boris is popular. Well, Boris is true to himself. Keir Starmer goes to John Lewis and tries to buy wallpaper in in a, in a suit. You know, he, he's accosted by a pub owner. And then the pub owner turns around and, you know, has a go at him about not being opposition. Now, what does he do there? Does he sit down and have a pint with that guy and say, hey, what's wrong with you? What's up with you? How can I help you? I'm the leader of opposition. Here, give me five minutes of your time and I'll sit down. I should have done more leaflets over the last couple of weeks. But my weakness is, if somebody stops to talk to me, I will talk to them. I can't help myself. I'm terrible. And I don't know how to say the word no. and know my colleagues will tell me that. So in some ways i'm kind of petrified if i become a counselor because i'll try and sort the whole area out and my poor wife long-suffering wife will be like oh my gosh what have you done now what stray have you brought home now what issue are you now trying to change what is it now is it roads is it railways is it flooding is it is it, is it is it litter is it is it is it internet broadband is it cleaner and i've been out making videos as i've gone around my local area at what's wrong and the more i've realized the more i've looked and went county councillors, borough councillors and parish councillors are sitting on information that they should be telling the local population but then if you tell people about all the stuff that's not going right here's the problem they have to solve it whereas you just keep your head down ignore it it'll all go away it'll all blow over and you know that's what a lot of our local councillors do they just keep the ship sailing keep on going to the golf club bar, going to the secret handshake society and just nothing to see here, move along, keep your head down, keep quiet. That's exactly how a lot of this is run, isn't it? That's how the system's run. A lot of MPs are like that. They vote with their party, they vote with their party, they do what they're told. A lot of the borough councillors vote with their party, vote with their party, do what they're told. And then all of a sudden, someone like me comes along. And what do they think about someone like me? He's dangerous. He's honest. He's going to try and actually blow the wide open. And you know what they call that? We call that putting a green in a room. You see, that's the real reason that you should vote for someone like me or vote for an independent or vote for a green. Because we're not in a system. And because we're not in a system, we scare the living life out of people in a system. Because once you get into the system and you find out what's really going on, that's when you can have a bit of fun. So if you are listening to this and you are in my area, give us a vote. Do you know why? Because I'll make it fun. (laughs) I would just absolutely love to go into the corridors of power. You may gotta imagine if I was in the Houses of Parliament, it'd be great crack, absolutely brilliant crack. It'd be like Ted Hastings. Put Ted Hastings in there, because it would literally be, what's going on? I'm only after one thing and one thing only. Bent politicians. <laughs> Come on. Give it a chance. But that's the thing. Put the good people in there. Put the people you know you trust. Who cares what political party they are? Put the best candidate in. And that's what we've never been doing in the last long while in this country. They've just been voting on red, blue, red, blue, red, blue, red, blue, red, blue. hold on a second here. What about the person? What about their values? What about their morality? What about what makes them tick? What about them as individuals? What about the trust? Because that's the problem. They've lost that. They've completely lost that connection. They've completely lost that connection. There's a massive democracy disconnect. When... The most important elections to you that affect your life the most because national policy doesn't affect you as much as your local policy when you think of your day-to-day life from the schools and the roads and the hospitals and the, the, the provisions to the care homes it's a local government that makes more impact on you and yet 35 percent of people turn out for local elections and i've been going around most people have been going what what's this for local elections oh not bothered it's almost like you know it's how uh, well. and who does that suit who does a low turnout suit go on, you guessed it, low turnout seats, the guys in charge, because do they want to engage the whole population? Do they want to go out and canvass every area? I looked at some areas and I canvassed for the first time, and I tried to canvass regardless of postcode, and I know for a fact that my rivals wouldn't be doing that. They would be choosing the areas they know that people have voted, and that's not right, because actually, that's the type of disenfranchisement which my parents had. Parents didn't have the vote when they were growing up, but that was the whole thing of why we had civil rights in Northern Ireland, it was one man, one vote, that was the whole purpose of it, that was what started the whole thing. And yet here we are in England and 35% of people don't bother to only turn up for local elections. Why is that? Because what? They don't realise they have to, because it's not well publicised, because they don't know they make a difference, or they don't know enough about the parties, they don't care, they don't think it's going to make a difference, they're not interested, Um, there's nothing there for them on the menu. That's our archaic first-past-the-post system. There's so many reasons, so many, many, many reasons why people don't engage. And it's up to the people in charge. But you see, the people in charge don't want the people to engage. Because, don't see here, move along, keep it quiet, and that's it. We have a sham democracy. We have a sham democracy. A fake democracy. A supposed democracy. But actually, in reality, when you look at the voting numbers, and look at the number of people who get elected, I've got every chance of getting elected. If there's only two thousand he gets two thousand votes my my compa- um, competitor out of a 35 um turnout there's thousands of people in my area and talking to a lot of them talking to a lot of their views talking to a lot of what they believe in they've got a lot more in common with me a lot of them want you know green environment clean air good schools for their children a lot of them want you know safe environment a lot of them want the, the climate change to be tackled, a lot of them want better infrastructure, better value for money, more transparency, a lot of them want a modern modern society, you know, where inclusiveness and, and, and equality, and I'm adding all those things up and saying, why do they still vote for what they vote for? Habit, force it, you know, and because it's the way it's always been, you know, what's that all about? Sure, that's the way it's always been, and you know, and it comes down to it, people just accept things. And maybe because I come from a society where I was told the opposite. I was told to fight, stand up for what I believe in, do the right thing. What really breaks my heart as a history teacher about living in England is that we always hear about the generation that stood up for its right, stood up against the tyranny of fascism and the right wing. And when it comes now to this generation, what, what do we get? I just don't understand this. I don't understand this. I really don't. And I still struggle with it. Maybe because to me, a vote is sacred. It's so sacred. It's sacrosanct. It's it's like life itself. The ability to express your opinion. The ability for you to put your name and put your mark on a piece of paper. It can never be underestimated. Maybe that's the thing. If we took away people's votes. Maybe if we took away their rights. They'd appreciate them. And that's partly the problem is. It's comfortable. It's too comfortable for a lot of individuals. And then the problem is they don't see the other side. They don't see the other side of the postcode. As I've walked through the different streets of areas that are meant to be affluent and looked around and seen million-pound houses next to social housing, you understand the difference. You understand that there are those that have representation and then there are those that wouldn't even know how to go about representation. And you see it Born in the policies from air quality to life expectancy to green belt what's built on or not built on everywhere you go you can see the, the silent hand directing and you can see where the power and influence has always been some sort of feudal system still exists in this country it's still a feudal system where the, the small percentage at the top still get to dictate the policy and somewhere along the line those in the middle to the bottom actually accept the people at the top which probably explains why Boris gets away with it because he's a medieval feudal lord you know king and therefore there's always been a different set of rules for them because maybe in the heart of hearts, some people haven't accepted equality maybe they don't want equality maybe that scares them maybe this is the, there's the, the safety in having a feudal system where your betters in charge because there's the assumption that you know the conservatives are good on fiscal policy no they're not they're in debt up to that they're somehow got family values no they haven't that they have christian values no they haven't that somehow you know they've got that better level of education really seriously let's look at gavin williamson at the moment but all of that is based on stereotype and trope and it's all based upon how perception is much like the perception of me as the bean-munching greenie, Greta Thunberg's, you know, child, who'll run around and, you know, just want to be interested in the environment. There's more to people than meets the eye. I'd like to think that I'm a transformer more than meets the eye. And I am. Because, yes, I am a green, but I am not just a green. I have other diverse... I don't always agree with my own political party and everything green. I'm a human being. And that's the beautiful thing about the last couple of weeks about walking around and campaigning, is actually talking to people on a human one-to-one to one level, it's actually given me a lot of hope, a lot of hope for the country. It's easy to be pessimistic when you're in your echo chamber and going, what's going on, why are people like this? But the more you meet people, that's the thing we've missed during lockdown, the more you realise we have a lot more in common than we have that sets us apart. So, hopefully by now, um, I'm a couple of minutes away from uh, six minutes to the start of line of duty so you can tell what time of the day and night of this is. Um, Hopefully we find out who H is, and hopefully then you get uh, the right result in, in May the 6th. But that's the last thing I'd like to really say to you is, regardless of who it is that you vote for, just please just go and vote. And even if it is just to put none of the above, then put none of the above. But please exercise your democratic right to vote on May the 6th. And if it is for someone like me, put someone like me, put the fox in their hen house, put somebody you know in there who will fight and work for you, not for a party, not for others, but it will actually work for you and for the benefit of others as well. Okay, thank you my friends and take care. Thanks for listening, my friends, and if you enjoyed what you heard, then please like, share, and subscribe. And any feedback that you can give me would be more than appreciated. <laughs> Teachers love feedback. You can find me on Twitter at BrentPoland1. You can find me on YouTube at BrentPoland1. Funny enough, Instagram, my account is BrentPoland1. However, my Facebook is my local Erewash Green party, and that is Arrowwash Green at Facebook. Thank you again, my friends.